0: Welcome to A Photographer's Life, the channel that takes you behind the curtain into the world of professional architectural photography. Join us now for an episode with some of America's premier architectural photographers. Today's broadcast comes from a recent Zoom meeting of the Association of Independent Architectural Photographers. This discussion is led by AIAP director Alan Blakely. We hope you enjoy the show. If you do, please let us know by liking this episode and subscribing to this channel. Now, I'm with the show. Okay,
1: I want to welcome everyone who's logged on to this second monthly meeting of the Association of Independent Architectural Photographers. The topic for today's discussion is one that's come up a number of times. and After I asked for input last time, the one topic that came up again and again was on cost sharing and licensing. And so that's where we're going to start today. And uh, I will put some links up in the chat uh, window if you've got that open on your, on your Zoom situation there. Uh, and these are links to the ASMP's uh, business practices, which relate to cost sharing. These are also shared by the American Institute of Architects, as well as ASMP. And to begin with.
2: Could I just uh, say a little something about those uh, PDFs that you just mentioned? Yes. So I, I help work on those. I help write write them a little bit. Okay, Barry. So one, one thing that's nice to say to clients that you're having to educate, which is always tricky because nobody likes feeling stupid, that they don't hire you. That's been my experience anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that um, those were uh, co-written by the AIA uh, council uh, when a. Uh, back in the good old days when everybody was getting along, the AIA would do continuing education in the ASMP booths at the national conventions. And so some of those people, those council uh, in-house counsel were instrumental in writing that. So it was kind of written with our then counsel and their counsel and then some other people that were not lawyers so we could make it read so the ordinary people could understand it. But that came out of some real disagreements between uh, architects and architectural photographers as to uh, how the uh, permissions licensing should go uh, in terms of um, uh, competitions and awards and things like that. And it kind of that was a, a, a brouhaha, and then it grew into an actual uh, collaboration. How often does that happen? <laughs>
1: I appreciate the wow. background on that, Barry. Sure. That's, that's really important to know, because um, for those of us who have you know, been around a while and remember when it was the American Society of Magazine Photographers, rather than <laughs> media photographers, um, things were different then, especially in the architectural field. So, yeah. so Barry, thank you for uh, giving us that background on that information. Just in your perspective, Barry, how are things now? And, and where are things, as far as your business is concerned, with this particular topic of cost and license
2: sharing? I always find that unless it's a really experienced uh, architect, and even then sometimes, they have to be explained. It has to be explained to them how this works. And what I've realized is I sort of have to repeat myself to explain to really focus in on the advantages of cost for them, that cost goes down. That is the only thing that seems to get people's attention. Um, (laughs) You know, you could talk about fairness and you can talk about the photographers trying to protect their copyright and also trying to protect to some degree how the architects are viewed um, and having their images stolen and blah, blah, blah. You can go on and on about that stuff. But talking about saving money that gets their attention and i find uh that's when oh well hey maybe the landscape architect maybe the uh, window vendor <laughs> somebody else would be interested in it other than that it seems like the same old
1: same okay. old. okay i think you bring up an interesting point there i i know when if i bring this topic up and i say anything with regard to licensing and copyright that that the barriers go up immediately but if i but if I started out, like you said, with uh, cost being the topic of discussion, then it's an easy topic and, and it's an easy road to go down with the architects or whoever is the original person commissioning the photography. Um, I, I'd be interested to know how each of you are handling this and what, what you found to be the most effective way to do this at the outset. Um, you know, Where do you start with this? Is, is it right when you get the assignment? Is it when you make a bid uh, or an estimate? Or where do you start? Be interested to hear from you.
3: Yeah, I can start. Um, okay. <clears throat> you know, I see Michael, year outs on here. Um, Michael, I might have borrowed your scaled um, pricing structure for multiple users, multiple licenses. Uh, maybe my memory is incorrect on that, but it, it's been for <laughs> a while that I've had it.
2: You
3: can have it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I dig that background too. Um, Thanks. No, um, basically, I, I approach it, I try to approach it right from the outset. But what's interesting is when the, the architect in the RFQ um, comes in and says, these people will be involved. Obviously, they're educated and they know that they can cut their costs at the front end of it. Um, by, by spreading this out. And I do the scale thing where, you know, if we have two users, it's a little less. If we have three, it's a little less. But um, the problem I, I run into is that a lot of times it's not going to be the basic feature package that the architect is looking for that's going to interest the electrical engineer. The, uh, you know, we, we all know that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's got their own interest in what they want to see. And so it's not just simply a matter for me of dividing it down, because I'm actually going to be doing a lot more work for each of those contractors. The architect doesn't care about the uh, mechanicals a lot of times as far as photographs go, right? Um, Maybe some of yours do, but um, I've I've run into that where um, an interesting quick story is that um, a very prominent architect here in town uh, had reached out with an RFQ for a nice uh, office project, um, a college project actually. And when I, he had five different end users on this. And you know, not I'll just throw the the money out there as I recall it. I was somewhere in the like 4,200 region for everything. This is five different end users, completely unrelated. Huge project. Um, So when the architect got back to me, he said, um, we went with someone else. You were high. If you want to discuss it, give me a call. And I was like, okay. And this is a, a prominent architectural firm here in town. Mm. And I called him up. And um, he said, yeah, the next one under you is from blah, blah, blah. I won't mention the name, but it's an architectural photographer who has been prominent in this area for 20 years before I even hit the scene here in 90s. So uh, he's, he's got a long-standing um, reputation and great work. And uh, he came in at somewhere around the 3,000, 3, mark. But then the architect said, but we didn't give it to him, either. We gave it to another guy who happens to be a member of our group, um, but not on this call. Uh, <laughs> came in at, Let
1: me know if it gets on.
3: <laughs> uh, hang on. No, we're good. Um, <laughs> came in from out of town and did it all in for 1800 with five users. Oh, yikes. And when the architect told me this, even he was laughing. He said, I'd be an idiot not to roll the dice on this. I said, okay, you know, what can you do? What can you do? The guy says, you know, at that rate, I can afford to go ahead and hire, you know, the next guy up the line.
1: That's discouraging.
3: I think I don't mean to lead with that. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, that's, you know, we all know that's the issue that we run up against is somebody will always undercut. But But
2: one of the things things that I do, right, as I'm having this discussion, particularly with people that are not familiar with it is not only do I say you can obviously you can save money, but that you know, the landscape architect or the electrical engineer, they're gonna have different needs. So I'm gonna write a separate contract for everybody. I will manage it. So I wanna, by the way, this is also a way to take that off the table right away. I don't want one uh, person managing my money. Uh, So, and I say, look, uh, because everybody wants different things, they're gonna get different numbers of photos, but believe me, everybody's price is gonna drop like a stone. And I say, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna make a lot more money and I'm gonna do a lot more work, but I'm also gonna dra- generate a lot more photos and some that you may want that you don't anticipate wanting now, which has been the case almost every time. And so I, you know, it's basic sales technique. There's nothing magic about it. I just try to, what what are all those objections I've heard over the years or heard from other photographers over the years, and I just, uh, lay them out up front and that also I think calm I like to think anyway I'm not a calm person but I think it calms people down a little bit that they say oh well he's thought about this he's done it before he's made it work and all that I mean having said that having somebody come in at a, a third or half of what you're bidding is you know if cost is the deal for them cost is the deal then they're not interested in quality. Or, or choice of uh, photos.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. The, we're not selling cost at, at, this, at this point in our careers, we're, we're selling the quality of the imagery and uh, we're not gonna be able to compete on that. I run into situations here in my local market in Utah where uh, there are photographers who, sh- who will shoot a project on spec um, with the hope that they can then license it to the different entities. And I've had them show up when I've been our, Already hired for a job, I've had them show up on the job, <laughs> shooting it behind me, hoping that they could do some licensing behind. So, um, yeah, there's an aggregate wow. factor there that's really hard to put into words for me anyway.
2: Well, there's uh, one place where that works. There's one, you know, I- Iwan Bond. Do you know about him? He's he's very famous. It's I, I- W A A N. No, I W A N B A A N. He is a yes, Dutch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he's a Dutch photographer. He went to Rem Koolhaas, but he's a weirdo. He's not like other photographers. (laughs) He does. He's been at the Venice Biennial. He's done all kinds of things the rest of us don't do, but that's how he got started. I think he gets assignments now, but because he had Rem Koolhaas, who was a fellow, maybe a friend even say, yeah, let him in. He can go anywhere and do anything to the most, one of the most famous architects in the world. And, you know, he self-financed it. But then he would license the shit out of this stuff globally. <laughs> so that's a different thing than what I do, which is I'm shooting for a local yeah. architect in Northern California. Oh, sure. I mean, nobody's yeah. going to be buying those photos in
4: Estonia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly.
4: I- Iwan Bond is also uh, uh, first to sight on a lot of projects. I'm in New York and uh, there, there's, you know, there's building going on all the time, but he'll... Um, you know damn it he beat me again you know like he'll he'll sweep in and and i don't and he's hired of course but he also visits sites like there's oftentimes there's still construction equipment uh cones you know uh tape things like that but he'll he'll get the pictures and get them licensed and what that does is close the door for um for other sales, I think, in, in on the project. You know, once the press has gotten a hold of it, they've gotten a hold of it. Or once the s- certain clients have spent their sort of photo budget on yeah. it, they've spent their photo budget. So if I roll in later and I, because I've been hired twice, uh, to photograph projects where the exterior lighting wasn't in place on a project mm. that he'd already photographed so i say I say oh look I've got these great photos with uh, the exterior lighting is in place and, and the project is all you know there's actually landscaping whereas in his photos there's no landscape uh, it doesn't matter because the the budget is already spent uh, just a little nugget of information I thought I could share is that is that it's interesting if you're not if you're not you know if you have something that's valuable it's it uh, it declines in value if, you know if someone else has already Sold it, of course.
5: Yeah, I was getting back to the original question. Um, if it's a new client or somebody a new inquiry, I always is part of the kind of interview process. Uh, if it's by phone, I try and determine if they have other uh, parties that might be interested, and this allows you know a, a lower cost overall, and I make more money in the in the process. But I try and get you know get past that so that it isn't a pricing game because if if you dwell too much on the cost, then then your prospective client is kind of becomes obsessed with that. There's certainly uh, always situations where, you know, the decision, uh, if they get three bids, the decision is going to go to the, the least expensive photographer. But by doing the multi-party agreement and the cost share, you know, we, you can get your price down. Uh, so it's competitive with somebody who's only thinking in terms of that one architect as the client, and there's no other partners in the project. And a lot of times the smaller firms aren't even aware of the possibilities.
1: I think that's true. I I think there are a lot of markets where um, the level of professionalism isn't to a point where these architects have even heard about this kind of a situation or uh, contractors or whoever your primary client may be. Uh, I know for me personally, I always, if if I um, get a bid request, I will give them my base, my creative fee, and then I will also give them a breakdown based on numbers of parties, so that they see that up front, because they're not always comfortable divulging all the different parties that may be involved in this. Once they see what the advantage is to doing that, however, and uh, you know, to Barry's point about uh, managing this yourself, I, I don't, I don't ever get in a situation where I bill my primary client and expect them to collect from all the other contractors. Uh, it's an individual license for each of those entities and they're invoiced uh, individually. And I take care of that. So once they tell me who they are, then the contact from there on out is, is mine personally with that client who's uh, sharing in that cost.
6: I come across uh, situations where uh, the architect does not want to share. Uh, they they do not want other people to have their imagery and uh, I've had that happen and suddenly I, I mean I can really negotiate like crazy when I've got other people that I can sell licensing to but um, I, I do come across people who just want to, they just want to make it a money game and uh, I, I I seem to lose out on that one all the time because <laughs> I can't I can't lower my cost enough to you know, to compete, then, then it just becomes a dollar thing.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: So Phil, Phil, a quick question. Is is it, it, any anybody else have that situation?
5: I, I do as well. And I wanted to ask you now if, if they want an exclusive, <clears throat> are they still not willing to, uh, to pay what, what your minimum is? If they don't want anyone else to have use of the images, they want an exclusive basically. I, I have yet to really be able to win one of those
6: situations. Uh, I can win just about every time by saying, hey, let's get the uh, electrician involved. Let's get the people who do the HVAC work involved. And I tell them, look, it's going it's to create more work for me because I have to shoot then the, uh, the utility room, for example, for the electrician or whatever, which the architect doesn't really want. And um, so... You know, I tell them it, it it creates more work for me, but then also it does definitely create more sales for me through the licensing aspect. I've had some people say, "Well, look, uh, let me take a look at the images and then I'll decide." And I'm I'm back to them <laughs> saying, "Look, that's like playing cards. You want you want to see my poker hand here? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> well, you're you're bidding? No, no, we can't do that that way. I mean, either either you come in up front." Or, or you come in later, and you, when you come in later, it's probably going to cost you more because my licensing fees after the fact then go up. It's a tough situation for me when I come across those people. And uh, there's a couple architects actually in Milwaukee that I've run across this problem with that uh, they just don't want, to, uh, they don't want to share. I think mm. in some ways, they've got an issue going on with some of the contractors, where they feel the contractors are trying to get in in front of them on projects and they're afraid the contractor that is gonna use greater imagery or the same imagery to convince the the client, the ultimate client that they should be controlling the whole situation rather than the architect controlling things. Mm. I mean, we've seen this whole
5: marketing situation is just really changing a lot. The one perspective quickly uh, is that often the architect or the builder of the client doesn't want me to spend any more time on a shoot doing somebody else's images that they can't use. They want that's why they object to having it shared. It's kind of like you know, hey, I wouldn't mind after the fact, but I want to make sure you're covering all my stuff in the time that we have on site rather than you're splitting your your efforts and your time and shooting for uh, you know other third parties that you know he wants to to foot the bill and not own the images but control them to the extent of having as much stuff shot as he can. In the two I've cases
6: a, I've run up against, they've they've just point blank told me we don't want to sh- we don't want to share, we don't want our images being used by
2: somebody else. <clears throat> to that point, I just I just had an experience with a con- uh, architect who I really like. He hired a a woman a person who does marketing, and I think this is often the case with marketing people that they they have some ideas that maybe don't, uh, uh, that I'm not appreciative of. And so in this case, what it was, was it was a multi-party shoot. It was a big um, uh, vineyard estate. I live, in, I live in Napa, so this was in Sonoma, very pretty property, you know, with its own vineyard and a couple of barns, just the typical everyday kind of way people <laughs> live around here. And um, so I, uh, I was, I worked for the contractor, the architect, and the landscape architect. and The landscape architect had a drone. I don't have a drone. Uh, forgive me, I'm gonna figure that out later. <laughs> so he said, I don't know how to run, I don't know how to photograph with this thing. I said, you run it, I'll tell you what to do. And we got some spectacular shots. One of the photos that we got was a photo of this area that showed two of the barns was gorgeous, late afternoon light. It's a really beautiful photo. It's on my website, but it doesn't show the architect's work. It doesn't show the landscape architect's work and it doesn't really show the contractor's work, right? All three of them wanted this photo. Uh, yeah. and so that was fine, you know, cause I put up a bunch of galleries. I said, pick the ones you want. The architect takes this photo and makes it his homepage, his entire homepage. It's not a, it's not a slideshow. And he says, this is my branding. He said, I'm aware that none of my work is in this photo. I said, I, uh, I don't care. He said, what would it take to license this exclusively? And I said, well, what do you mean? He says, well, we don't want anybody else to use it uh, because you know we, we, this is part of our branding. And I said, well, and then I had to explain to him, one, I didn't take the photo. So, and I, so then I had to get into copyright law. And I said, technically, you know the photo is owned by your landscape architect, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And our agreement was that I would process it and he would he would use it. And I said, and also the contractor is using this photo, and I'm using this photo. And I said, so you know, I had to then gently say. So I said, look, you're in a small market. I don't think this really matters. I don't think anybody's going to notice that the landscape architect who's not in your business. It has this photo, or the contractor has it. None of us have it on our homepage. It's all buried in, you know, a gallery. But I had to have two or three conversations about this before they stopped going on about it. And I suspect I will never get hired by that architect again, because his marketing person didn't want to hear about this, because I think his marketing person was a bit of an amateur. Because people get ideas about branding. They read all the blogs and all the things that we read. So they think this really means something. And I don't know what to do about that other than to just do what I I just did, which is try to explain to them in a nice way. It's not a big issue. But that was a weird, a little bit like what you're talking about.
3: And that was (laughs) all after the fact?
2: Oh, this was months after the fact. This is a year (laughs) after the fact.
3: Oh my goodness.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and also they were building the architect had a brand new website and the landscape architect uh, was using the same developer. <laughs> so the, the websites even look the same.
1: I want to get back to a point about um, the before the fact and the after the, uh, the fact situation that we run into. And I know that from um, a philosophical standpoint that we all want to be able to license this before the fact and get everybody on board and have a, have a signed contract in hand. For me, that doesn't always necessarily happen, and I'm not able to vet all the different uh, people that are involved in the project ahead of time. And so I I have begun in the situations where I think that there's a potential for me to license this uh, uh, to a number of different parties after the fact, I will hold off on billing on the, the primary invoice or estimate that I've given and post a preview link that then that the preview of those images goes out to all the different people that I've been able to identify in the interim who may have an interest in this. What that's done for me then is allowed me to license within a week or so of, of the project to a, a lot of different entities. Uh, they see the previews, I give them that price, I tell them what the cherry picking price is, the per image price, but then I also offer that, that uh, cost sharing price And in in at least 90% of the cases uh, I have all of those people licensed at that point where they weren't willing to commit beforehand. Now, Phil, you brought up the fact that, you know, some of them just, they don't want to, they don't want to buy it right away because they haven't seen your work or they don't know your work. And um, a lot of us we work with, with clients who we never meet and have never uh, done business with us, and and certainly they're you know the subcontractors never have as well. So for me anyway, this has been a way to kind of bridge that gap where I can't get them on board, you know, the week before the shoot, but the week after the shoot, I can. And so I just wanted to bring that up that that's you know it's it's kind of another possibility for revenue. That I, I I just I don't have to walk away from because I wasn't able to get it on the front end.
2: Your primary client a discount at that point?
1: Um, I do I do I give them the uh, the discount that would have been in place for the license sharing had they done it up front. But I give them a week. I don't I don't let this be something that they can come back you know a year from now and the and the contractor wants to license them. At that point, it's up to my uh, my per image licensing price that is just the same. It's, it's the same for everyone, for every image. And, uh, they only get that break in that, in that one week. And the website comes down, the preview website comes down after seven days and the images are gone forever at that price. Wow. So that's, that's just another alternative that I've, I've been using successfully, uh, the, the past couple of years.
5: Alan, do you, experience have years. Quick question, Alan, do you, uh, do you split the expenses equally and then add a percentage to it? And if you do, rather than just split it equally amongst the parties, uh, how are you rationalizing that if the client questions, you know, hey, how come it's three parties, one third expenses, but then there's an added percentage to that? Uh, I
1: don't don't personally break out my expenses from my creative fee. I show a creative fee and I don't itemize anything beyond there. So my creative fee is going to cover you know what my photography fee is uh, assistance stylus, equipment rental, travel I've got that all in there because for me personally I found that if I show the client one price that's a whole lot easier than having to show them 10 prices for different little, you know little add-ons and things like that that they don't really wanna know about. I mean, to me, it's like going to the car dealer. I don't wanna know about every part that you had to put in the car. I just want it fixed and tell me how much it is. And so this is the way that I've approached it is is my creating fee is the all-in fee. And then I I will show what the breakdown is for cost sharing of that particular fee beyond that. So they don't see any kind of, um, here's a creative fee or licensing, plus a percentage of expenses on that. So it's, it's a lot easier math-wise. And for me, it's just a whole lot easier to sell the client on at that point. If I don't make the, how much is it gonna cost me too complicated?
5: Right, but does it change from your quote because you've shot either additional pictures or you're delivering fewer photographs than you originally anticipated?
1: Unless I have a shot list from these people who may be the additional licensees up front, what they're getting is the is the shot list that i did for the primary client so um i did i I did a situation where i shot a a large estate home recently Uh, the architect was the one who hired me i didn't have anybody else on board going into the shoot and then after i did the shoot then i had the interior designer and the contractor on board and so um I didn't shoot anything additional for them. So, but what they did is license what the existing photographs were. If I'm able to get everybody, you know, on board ahead of time, then I like to see a shot list from everybody. Then I can maybe put together a composite shot list and cover all the bases. And, and like been mentioned before, the architects are not going to care about the mechanical or the landscaping or details or um that you know interior design details or things like that and i may spend 25 to 50 percent longer on the shoot in order to cover all those bases but my creative fee is going to affect that uh it's going to is going to reflect that i should say uh and the cost sharing is also going to reflect that so um you know two ways to approach that but i i don't shoot things on spec hoping that perhaps the uh uh, you know, the landscape architect or whoever later will will take care of that.
0: Anybody else? Al- Al- yeah, Alan, Alan, when you're pricing on the second and third client coming in after you do a shoot, how are you structuring your licensing fee on those images? Are you having them select only the images they want and then you're pricing them per image or how do you go about doing that?
1: Uh, no, I, I price that based on um, them buying the entire portfolio i don't let them cherry pick uh things like that i know there's uh there's a lot that do that um but i i personally just let them you know the licensing that i do at that point is is just for the entire portfolio and so they you know they get a, a killer deal on it um yeah i it, it, i don't let it get more complicated than
3: that
0: um one of one of my I live in a particularly high tourist area and we have a lot of attractions and hotels that I do work for. Um, one of the things I've done is built up an inventory of the local attractions. We have about eight and a half million people that come here a year Mm -hmm. to visit the city. So I've built up an inventory of those things that, um, for example, hotels might want to highlight as features of the city and, um, so I, from time to time, I get several requests for licensing particular images. Yeah. Does anybody else live in an area where they have a particularly high amount of tourist traffic? And if so, are you doing the same thing and what, what kind of pricing structure? Cause I get into, I've researched a lot about pricing and licensing and what you should charge. And I know it varies by market, but um it's a constant battle on what to charge someone for a license. And, and I know it depends on how extensively they're going to use it. And my agreement limits what they can <clears> do with it based upon the price they pay. But is there any feedback from anybody else on that kind of one-off, let's say they want 10 images, what kind of structures you're looking at pricing, something like that?
5: I charge 300 for the initial image if they're just licensing one. And then it, it goes down if they go two, three, four, five plus, then pricing is reduced, but then they have to license, for example, five images at the same time. Uh, It's going to be 200 per image. So that's $1,000. If they want to go six to 10, it's still 200 bucks. That's the bottom for me. If they don't want to pay that for, for uh, architectural or interior photographs, I really don't, you know, don't entertain that because my feeling is that it's generally an exclusive. And in most cases uh, where this has come up, they really don't have the opportunity to get in there to have it photographed. So it's either me or no one, uh, unless they want to, you know, use an iPhone shot or something. So it's a little bit. But is that based,
0: is that based on, on what kind of usage are you granting with that, that fee? Is it unlimited? Is it, is it limited to a certain amount? It's not
5: time limited. Yeah. It's not time limited, but it depends on what they're going to do with it. Um, for most of the, most of the people interested in this, they wanna use it for their website and for social media. Um, Realistically, not a lot of folks advertise. And, uh, you know, in terms of architects, uh, I have a builder that advertises every month. They use my pictures. There's other, uh, you know, audio people and stuff. that are always putting, you know, full page ads in these shelter magazines. But for the most part, you know, an architect might advertise in a trade journal or an AIA or something like that, but there isn't a lot of that. So I feel comfortable um, having kind of a flat rate. They know what to expect. Excuse me, I've got a question about your creative fee. Um, does,
4: it, does it vary depending on the complexity and distance you have to travel and so forth?
1: Absolutely. You're speaking to me, Dale? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I personally will itemize everything in order to come up with that number. And so I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be figuring it out just as if I was going to send them an itemized quotation I'll be figuring it out for myself and I'm gonna cushion that a little bit as well and then that ends up being my creative fee um, okay. so I'm gonna mark up if I have to hire a videographer to come in on the shoot then the, you know that gets marked up as well and all those other kinds of things um, travel expenses I mark up um, but I, for me personally, I found that showing them just a number uh, is, is a whole lot easier uh, to get things rolling. Okay.
2: I, I have always itemized coming from a
1: architect's background because mm-hmm. our clients always demanded it. But I'll, maybe I'll switch over and try what you do and see if that's easier. You might, you might do that. I, I haven't any, had anyone say, I'd like to see what, you know, what all those individual expenses are. I've never had that happen, um, but when I did itemize, you know, say 15 years ago or 20 years ago, then I would have people quibble about, well, how come you're charging me this much per diem, and how come your assistant costs this much, and <laughs> I don't, I don't want to talk about that. So
0: <laughs> what what I've done, what I've done, I've created on my residential side, I've created pre. Uh, formatted packages with certain images. Okay. And so that makes it real simple on the residential side on the commercial deals. It's a little bit different, but um, and then I just itemize it. Here's a package, 40 images at X, and then drone is with a package is this without a package is that, and that's it. And they love it. It's real simple and, and it's, yes, I'm going to get 40 images. I'm going to get 50 images uh, and it, they don't have to wonder about how many they're getting or, or, you know, what's included in the package and everything. So it works real simple for me. I mean, okay. it just keeps it. And they don't, they never question it. They go, Oh, what if I want to get more or less? And it's, just, it's all pre-printed and they get it. That brings up
1: a question that I'd like to kind of pose to the group at large here is do you ever work on, an? Uh, I mean, do you ever run any problems with, with numbers of any images, people asking how many images will I get or, I thought I would get more images or anything like that. I can just tell you personally. I don't. I don't ever promise a number. Um, that hasn't worked for me, and so I tell them I will cover their property or their project adequately. Is yeah. is there kind of a division, um, you know, but in the group here about numbers of oh, images well, on, versus not
0: on the on the commercial side? There's usually not. Okay. What I'm doing like I just did a uh, a new. Um, for an architect, I did a a new gas station that was here, a big, you know, 40 pump gas station. And he just said, I need so many images. Like he specified, Hmm. but normally on the commercial, I don't residential like I said, it's, it's always about how many images because the people that want them have limitations on how much they can upload. So, you know, they don't need 70 images. They only can do 40, Okay. So that's why the pre-packaging works for me. But on commercial, I never talk images amount. I'm okay. It just not doesn't come up. All right.
3: Like- I, get, I get that question up front a lot of the time, um, where, where some and usually it's an underling in a in a company whether they're a developer or a, a property management company. And the person will say, "We want you to shoot this, and, and we'd like to have twenty to twenty-five images so we can choose five or six from them." And I try to talk them off the ledge at that point and, and say, you know, do you, you really want me shooting that many images the time it takes me to do that? Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find the medium ground on that, because if they just come out and say, we'd like you to shoot 25 to 30 images. Well, that's this amount.
1: Yeah. We got the. I, well, I wanted to get back to June and then I'll, and then Monica after June, uh, you had questions and, and we didn't get to yet. So. June and All then right. Monica, please.
7: Okay, so um, I have a f- few questions. Two of them, as far as like you know, say for instance, you do you photograph a half a day, um, and then after a while, after that, you license the images a certain price. Is that the same price no matter if it's a small project or a big project, or like a bigger project, you probably charge more for third-party licensing than a small project. So that's one 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 question. And the other question was, is there like a formula you use to, say, for instance, when you license it throughout or you license it for two years usage for magazines? Uh, is there a, a, something I could follow? <laughs> I would like to get a, a blueprint.
3: He wants the magic
5: wand. <laughs> <laughs> no. I do. Yeah. I hear you. I think for myself, um, the price is the price, uh, the size of the project. Are you asking, is it you know a large office building or is it a, a, a small cottage on a lake? I mean, yeah, it's more so it's about just... who the client, who, who wants it, what they're going to do with it. Because I think the imaging, the license value is based on how, how much uh, value they're going to get out of it. If it's a big architectural firm, they can afford more. They're also going to get more bang for their dollar uh because they're gonna use it for larger projects it's gonna go far Mm -hmm. wider and farther if it's a solo solo architect they're you know they're probably not going to be able to afford advertising they're not you know their reach is not that great so they're going to pay less um for the project up front and i probably will give them a discount on the uh, image license as well especially if it's a package you. you know but i start off if it's after the fact they're considered stock images from my perspective and it's individually, and if they, but I always try and get them to go for a group of images, and for that I discount, you know, the total package.
8: Um, I'm in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, and we have such a great group of architecture and design professionals here. Um, it's really rare that I run into uh, my primary work is commercial interiors and architecture, but um, I'm usually working for the big firms, and they all seem quite educated on how creative fees and licensing and expenditures work. So I don't really run into that very often, thank goodness. Um, I don't know if any of you all are pre-scouting projects, but typically for me, because I'm working with um, an interior design firm or architects, we'll go out and we'll look at the project ahead of time and I'll take some cell phone shots. And then I'll submit those cell phone shots, just rough ones, and they can go through with their team and pin them on a board and pick the shots that they want. So by the time we actually get to the shoot, I know how many shots they want, exactly which ones, how long it's gonna take me. And then I provide them with an estimate. It's really just a few line items. Like Alan, I'll provide a creative fee and that's based on time, obviously. But it's all inclusive with um, editing, you know, any post-production stuff. Um, and you know, I even have some clients that um, I won't mention them, but they don't want—they want to be able to use the images any way, anytime that they want to. So sometimes I will give them literally one line item and say, "Here's for a full day shoot based on the shots that we're looking at, or approximately this many shots." And I literally just give them one number. And if I have any expenses, like overnight expenses, hotel, travel. I'll add another line item underneath of that for travel. So, um, you know, I think around this area, you know, architects, engineers, developers, designers, it's about their relationships. And the one thing that I've had to learn is to be flexible when it comes to licensing. So, if you know ahead of time what shots you're going to get and you can provide scouting shots, they will then also share those with maybe the commercial furniture dealership or the lighting company or the carpet manufacturer, or the wall covering company who did the murals. So, you know, with interiors, there's a lot of other groups that are involved other than, you know, the engineering or the landscaping groups. So, you know, more times than not, we'll be able to pinpoint who's participating, what the overall cost is gonna be, and how to break that down before we ever even go out onto a shoot. And it it works pretty well. Um, Also too, if we come up with a creative fee and I quote them, you know, this many parties for licensing, they're all getting the same price for licensing per image, no matter what, I don't discount that. And if someone comes in after the fact, there is a premium for that, but I always ask permission from whoever commissioned me to do the work to make sure that I can sell those images to that group. Um, also, the um, I will let people sometimes cherry pick what they want. I, I'm going to get that creative fee no matter what, and that's all inclusive of what my time is gonna be. So if I have, yes, the engineers are in and they're going to do the full package. Maybe, you know, uh, the mural company comes in and they only want one or two. I will definitely give them one or two images licensing because in the end, I've always, I think, gotten more clients and more business and made more money down the road. The commercial furniture company will come to me and go, hey, the architect selected those shots, but we're not getting furniture specific shots, will you shoot these other three projects for us because we know you'll focus on furniture. So I think, you know, I think being flexible and realizing that, you know, they're trying to um, be flexible with their clients and with their relationships with other vendors has really helped me in the end. So I don't know if that helps any of y'all, but thanks for letting me share.
7: I got a question for you, Monica.
8: Okay.
7: Yeah, especially with the whole scouting, do you charge uh, a percentage of, or, you know, fix, scouting fee or do you just package that later
8: it's in the creative fee
5: it is already okay got it yeah thank you sure what if you don't end up getting the project has that happened you scout the project and it doesn't go forward for whatever reason
8: i don't scout it if i'm not going to get it
2: i've Mm -hmm. had
5: situations where an ongoing client will ask me to scout something i scout it i show them the gallery and then at some point in the future you know the project gets killed for you know for whatever reason,
8: yeah. It's well, my sometimes going the
5: client, you just eat sometimes it, the, in my case. sometimes
8: the projects just get killed. I mean, I right. not not because I lost it or didn't get to you know, or or was priced out of range. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you know the intent is there that we're going to shoot this big two day project, um, you know, with models and whatnot, and then their client <laughs> decides they don't want to do it, or a global pandemic hits, or the stock market. <laughs> cracks or you know there's so many things out of your control and sometimes you do have to do that but um, it's worth it to me in the the long run to do it. I
2: I have to say I've I've done scouting before I got the contract when I was pretty sure I was going to get it. Mm -hmm. I had one house that was uh, by a pretty well-known architect in Los Angeles when I was living there and those scouting shots years later got licensed by that architect and then ended up in a book and got licensed by a magazine. You know, they were just, uh, some of them were handheld and, uh, but they just looked good, the light was nice. You you know, sometimes you just get lucky. Um, This is, uh, I'm gonna admit this is an extreme case, but but I do agree though on your first point that you made about uh, scouting. If I can scout, it's always better. Also because then you can begin to pin down what they really want. And I think it makes them feel better. Even if I never didn't take a single shot, you know.
8: When I send a scouting shot, it is never going to be the size or quality that will ever be printed or shared. Or I mean I send it in like a super low res PDF with all or sometimes through Dropbox and a PDF where they can comment in Dropbox right mm-hmm. next to the images. Mm-hmm. So like their team can literally keep those comments in Dropbox and then those photos go away. They they never make it past them. Also, too, just from experience being able to quote somebody, you know, I I can I can say in a half a day shoot based on a commercial project, I can provide you with approximately this range of photos based on a half a day, or approximately this many images based on a full day. So You can kind of give them an approximate price of how long it's going to take you to possibly yield this many photos and then fine-tune that once you get going.
2: Yeah, yeah, that sounds good.
9: That's kind of That scouting thing is... uh, I have a very similar working model to Monica. Okay. Where uh, we uh, try to... I try to scout everything and and that's how we kind of get around the getting nailed down on the number of shots because then the commissioning party is... Mm -hmm. Is walking through, and we've got all the all the, the planned views that they want to have, and a lot of times they're actually thinking in terms of, oh well, the interior designer is going to want this thing, and the you know the uh, countertop people are going to want these shots, and so we try to make accommodations for that stuff. And but like you know, similarly, you know, like you know, half a day, or if it's it's usually longer than you know than half a day for sure. Um, but I know pretty accurately how how many shots I can do. To, you know unless there's a stylist involved then things kind of slow down a little bit um or if there's magazine people on board and stuff like that obviously it's going to take a little bit i can't get quite as much done but um it's it's a similar thing and so people are you feel you make people people feel a little, a little bit better about okay this is about how many shots we're going to get but i always do the caveat of uh, you've got to prioritize that shot list too. Because sometimes we, we spend like three hours walking around the thing and there's like 58 shots. And it's like, we're not going to do that in a day, guys. So let's just, let's, you know, be realistic. What do you really have to do? What are the, what's the story that you're trying to tell about the, the project? It's a pitch, you know, shoot for a magazine or it's for the portfolio or something. And then then I know how to, how to price it in general. And if it's a, a, a multi-party thing, that's when we're talking about that right at the get-go and I've already been hired at this point so I, I there's no there's no fear that I'm going to scout it and do all the work uh, and you know on the prep work and not get it but um, it's also a similar uh, thing that, that Monica said where getting all the people well, I lost my train of thought but, but that's basically how I do it and then afterwards on the on the you know everyone needs to be on board mostly in the way I, I kind of do it to multi-party situation and then you know, you have to be pretty flexible. But then, after a certain time, if people are not on board, then I do go to a, a, a the cherry picking rate. I guess we refer to it, and and that's expensive. You know, um, and I, I try to base that on. I try to give four fifty an image for that, and then if they want a certain number, then they can pay twenty five hundred and get the whole shoot. Because in our market, which is quite small and very very competitive, it. it there's just no way to get more than that, and and, and in some places, um, in some cases, some clients, you have to kind of ratchet that down a little bit based on you know what other people have said. Like if it's a big firm or they you know that they're going to do a lot of marketing, they have an in-house marketing team or something like that, then they're going to understand paying more than the solo architect who just wants Instagram photos or something, you know. So, but I I always include the whole license with the photo I try not to peel out you know just social media use or oh we want to have it on our sell sheets or something I I try not to do that because inevitably uh, you know there's going to be turnover in the firm and somebody's going to find the photo and use it for a print ad that was never licensed for that way And and it just I'd rather deal with that up front and just have it all in one package together at the same time.
1: Thanks, Darren. I, I, I think that's, you bring up an interesting point that I think architectural clients are a little bit different um, than, than, say, an advertising client if an agency comes to you and commissions you to do something and, um, you know, it's, it's licensed for a year, say, this particular image. Uh, I've got some clients where I shoot architectural subjects and it's through an ad agency um, and the licensing is a very set has very set parameters but that's not typical of architecture for me and where I may offer an unlimited license which is non-transferable I mean that's the caveat it's, it's not a transferable license but they can use it in in whatever media they choose to and there's no expiration on it anybody else want to speak to that point I think that's
2: I I, uh, <clears throat> I do list various kinds of usage um- It's a little vague uh, because you never things are different. But let me first preface this by saying, I think that um, particularly for uh, photographers who are not experienced architectural photographers, they think of as licensing operates in the same way that it does for commercial advertising, and I don't think it does. My prior career before I became an architectural photographer, I was a contractor and I was a carpenter, so I Mm -hmm. was in that. World, and I knew that my uh, clients, my design clients were gonna need the images forever. So that's a real difference right at the start. So I don't put in, uh, there's no time limit on on usage. Um, And I'm very explicit, I say website, um, social media, which is something I've added in the last few years because, you know, duh, and um, contest and uh, competitions, awards, all that stuff is in there. Um, And I might say, you know, physical prints (laughs) in case they wanna make a print. I mean, I don't want them to worry about that. Then depending on who the client is, I might or might not put in advertising. Mm -hmm. If it's a one person firm, I put in advertising because they're not going to be buying a full page ad in Architectural Digest. Right. But if they're a big firm or Something like that. That might, might that might be a, a kind of a, a different thing. But um, you know, I just kind of recognize what they do, and I sometimes we'll talk about the licensing. Um,
9: just, yeah, I think that's sure. a really good point about the about the difference between you know an architecture design firm or an interior design firm or any of the, of the surrounding trades. They that is a totally different set of usages than an advertising you know a- agency usage and yeah. definitely requires a different kind of set of parameters that are highly you know, prescribed but um, it I, I' found that that I can get more value out of photos if I just if I just say the license is for five years and if you want it for longer then you've got to pay more for that. and some people do want an unlimited license and there's there's and so I, I have a, a multiplier factor on that. but also in the state of Maine, uh, that's the trigger for having to uh, charge sales tax um, on sales tax on licensed intellectual property is not taxable. So until the, the kind of you know, soft limitation on that is uh, beyond 10 years. So if it's, if it's 10 years or more, it's considered a, a tangible sale the, at that point, no longer intellectual property then we have to charge sales tax. So it's a little bit of a strange gray area in that, but, but that's another factor of why I, I choose to uh, contain the license term to, to, to create value and also to you know get people educated on how sales tax is supposed to work.
2: Yeah, in California, it's the same. If we don't uh, deliver a physical object, there's no sales tax. But I did wanna say one last thing, which is I have both on the front page and on the terms and conditions, no third party licensing. Right. So you know that's in there and' it's, it's pretty easy to see. It's right uh, right below the price because I don't want them to think that they can let somebody else use these images without my permission. So it's just a very you know it's one sentence, no third party licensing without permission, of photographer. And, and that's not strictly speaking part of the license, but I think of it as part of the license. And it's also a, a, a way to indicate to them, um, no, I, I, I'm in control of these images. You don't own them, um, that kind of Because, okay. people, you know, copyright, having to explain copyright to, to clients is, is can be very awkward. <laughs> so I try to avoid it if at all costs, right?
6: Monica,
1: yeah.
8: Um, I don't limit usage. Um, a lot of times, they'll end up in magazines. Even with, like, a manufacturer, they'll do an ad. Um, but I always ask for photo credit because the photo credit is more worth more to me than, like I can't keep track of how everybody's using these and where they're going. There's just yeah. too, there's too much to keep track of. And so you just, but definitely Barry, like you say, there is a firm line item about, you can't sell, transfer gift. You can't do anything with these images other than use them for your own business. But if they end up in a magazine, I want photo credit because I'll get more business out of that. But I, you just can't keep track of how everybody's doing it. I don't think.
2: I also put they, that they have to give me photo credit for social media because that's oh, sure. yeah. such a big deal now. Yeah.
8: Oh yeah. 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 yeah.
2: I, one
5: other part, Monica, that I add in the license is that if editorial fees, if 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 they are paid, uh, go to the photographer rather than to the building or owner or the or the business owner. Because there have been occasions where there's been a question, you know, that somebody, the magazine is paying for the, uh, for the publication rights to the photographs. And then the, the person that has provided the photographs, which is the client, you know, wants to keep the fee, which I feel is unfair. Thank I you.
1: I
7: think that's, that's a fair.
5: really good point. Yeah. yeah. I, and very, very often now I'm finding that the magazines are not, they're not paying the photograph for, photogra- for photographs at all. Uh, They'll pay a writer to write it, they'll pay somebody to print the magazine, but they won't pay for the pictures, which I think is grossly unfair. However, I've realized that in a lot of cases, these magazines that are kind of more like vanity things, uh, you'll get a much bigger um, coverage, like 14 page article with great reproduction and everything. And the value of that to me is far greater and it's on a regular basis. Uh, in this instance, um, it's it's worth far more than the 600 or $1,400 that their competitors will pay, but we'll only give you a couple of pages and some, you know, small placement.
8: Carl, my work's not ending up in a 10-page spread, I promise you. So it's, it's I wish it would. But I, it's just, I bet you it could, so. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's great information, though. Yeah. Thank you. Yep.
9: I do the same thing where the uh in the licensing it's always that for magazine features and articles that the the client has to um circle the or direct the magazine to me for proper licensing and permissions and whether that includes a payment sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't that's fine but it but, in, but they always i always say up front that that's got to go through me because that that's that's what's proper
1: i i, I want to bring a point uh, one point re- with regard to that is that a lot of times the magazine will have received a low res JPEG from my, my client for some reason. And so the magazine then contacts me and that opens the door for me to say, is there an editorial <laughs> uh, fee attached to this? And this is where you need to send it. So uh, I think that's good because that, you know, they'll, they're calling me because they need the TIF file.
6: When, if I could bring up one last thing, and that was what Monica, something we kind of glossed over very quickly, Monica brought up, and that is that all these people, all these auxiliary people that we license our images to, uh, they all really become potential clients in the future. And uh, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how many great connections I've made from clientele who uh, I would have never been able to touch if, if they hadn't been in on XYZ project. And then now suddenly they're asking me to go do something for them. Uh, it's a great source of new clients, period, okay?
1: Networking just pays such great dividends over the years. I, I appreciate you bringing that up. That's very important. Thank you to everyone who's joined us here on this uh, meeting today before we leave i'd like to refer you back to um the channel a photographer's life where this will appear on youtube and other podcast channels there's an interview i did with brian dressler who's out of south carolina and brian actually breaks down his cost and license sharing formula in that it's really easy to use he talks at length about how he does that and why and and um he, he has some really good insight. Brian's been shooting for 42 years and uh, he, he's seen this business you know transition uh, through a lot of different phases, but I think it would be really educational if you had the time to, to listen to what Brian has to say on that. Again, thank you to everyone and thank you for your support of AIP. It's been a pleasure seeing you and talking with you and I really appreciate the knowledge that you've been so willing to share. Again, everyone have a great day. Stay safe and uh, we'll see you next time.
2: Thank you.